and welcome to episode 97 of the Night Gallery Podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Die Now, Pay Later. This is a story that was for syndication only. Uh, it wasn't broadcast as part of the original run of Night Gallery. It's a teleplay by Jack Laird, based on the short story End Year-End Clearance by Mary Lynn Roby, and was directed by Timothy Gallas. Good evening. Please come in. These little object dark that you see surrounding me, you won't find in your average art museum. Because these are unusual paintings and statuary that come to life or death, whatever the case may be. Because this is the night gallery. It's a measure of our current mores that we base an economy on a credit plan. We do things on time, so to speak. Purchase the item, use it while you're paying it off. And this sets up the intriguing premise of this painting, in which the fate between seller and buyer is the ultimate. It's called, Dine Now, Pay Later. Ned Harlow, who's played by Slim Pickens, uh, is a sheriff, and he bursts into the office of a funeral director, a guy called Walt Peckinpah, who's played by Will Gear. Um, basically, what's been happening is the Undertaker has been running a end-of-year sale, and uh, lots of low, low price on caskets and coffins, which seems to have been a catalyst for a sky-high rate of deaths in this small and sleepy town. Um, Harlow says, basically, you've got to bang this stuff on the head. It appears that people, it's a, it, people that want to get rid of you know other people have died in mysterious circumstances, and, and your sale seems to be the, the reason why. Um, Peckinpah basically says, "Listen, every businessman in town gets to get rid of surplus stock in this way, and why should I be any different just because I sell caskets and coffins?" Um, but uh, you know, there's no hard evidence that what I'm doing is is the reason why this is happening. And so therefore, I think in actual fact, you should probably leave it alone. Harlow's wife is a woman called Etta. And um, we hear her on the phone briefly, basically henpecking him. But Etta is believed that Peckinpah is in actual fact a warlock, a monster, who is using his skills and talents to uh, off the general population. You know, I never could understand what Etta had against me. Why was she so dead set on busting up our friendship? She swore she'd leave me if I didn't. But why? What did she have against me? Promise you won't laugh if I tell you. <laughs> well, how long have you known me, Ed? <laughs> well, you know, Etta had some folks in Salem. And according to her people, why, there was a pecking pole that got himself burned at the stake. For witchcraft. And it claims that it is a relative of yours. Oh, that was my great, 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 great grandfather. That was over 200 years ago. Well, it don't make a head of no never mind. She says a thing like that just naturally runs in the family, like a high hairline. <laughs> ah. Ah. She thinks I'm a warlock, huh? 
She actually believes I am a warlock. <laughs> well, I never did claim that she was too high on intelligence. But what she lacked in logic, why, she made up for it in plain mule-headed stubbornness. A warlock. Well, what do you know? <laughs> That's why you gotta call off this doggone sale, Walt. If you don't, why, Edda's gonna have it all over town that it's you casting your evil spell, slipping the devil into people that's up to our local death rate. Yes. Yes, that would cause a terrible mess now, wouldn't it? All this seems very far-fetched, and indeed, when Etta phones, she seems to be nagging and henpecking at poor old uh, Sheriff Harlow. Once the uh, the phone call ends, Peckinpah suggests perhaps it might be best for Harlow, in, fact, in actual fact though, to wait and for the sale to go on just for one more day. We then click to see the car and body of Etta being pulled out of the uh, of the lake no doubt through the effects of either the warlock or our sheriff yes dear yes dear yes dear yes dear yes dear yes dear I'll be right home yes dear you know, Ned, wouldn't hurt to let this sail go on for one more day now, would it? Might even help. Yeah? Originally recorded back in uh, January of 1972, um, this was never actually part of the original run of Night Galleries. It was added as a syndication. Now we're going to talk about more, far more about the syndications in the episode after after the next one, if that makes any sense. Number 99, um, where we're just going to sum up basically what happened. We're not going to go through all the syndicated elements, but uh, this will give you a good idea about what happened. Um, it seems harsh, really, to, to criticise this story as such, mainly because <clears throat> there's, well, there's two versions of it now. The syndicated version runs in about 15 minutes, and being as heavily padded by uh, with footage from a film from Universal called Eye of the Cat, our black cat, seemingly the same shot pops up numerous times to, to bookend scenes, to basically just to give Phil Laird's original idea was almost certainly to be a short and quite trifling and quite silly little joke. It follows his usual themes, or a theme very constant throughout, constant throughout his work for Night Gallery, of a, a henpecked husband, of family members, and the turmoil between them, and somebody who's willing to go an extra mile, as it were, to end family disruption. Um, so, in a sense, it, it's similar to the late Mr. Peddington, where, you know, somebody prices up the uh, the funeral of her husband before offering him. Um, originally, uh, David Holland, sorry, was gonna, who was an editor, was going to direct it, but it eventually went to Timothy Galfas, who recorded, who, who was the director of uh, Dead Weight and Little Girl Lost. Um, I think it's fair to say that that, that is a, those two were better in terms of the direction than this one. 
The other version is um, the version that is on as a DVD extra for season three of Night Gallery uh, Region 1. There isn't a Region 2 DVD, unfortunately, for our UK friends. Uh, season 1 is... Uh, I see it, Region 1 DVD features a new episode, as it, as it is called, with uh, offcuts, basically. So it's got Little Girl Lost in it, it's got Witch's Feast, and it's got this in it as well. And also, I think, Room for One Less. And those bits are like, it's designed to, to be like a Night Gallery episode, and it's top and tailed. Um, Dine Isle and Pay Later, so that's kind of, it, it, they've kind of re-edited it a bit to kind of remove some of this flab. Um, try and, get, and I think it helps, really, to be fair, simply because it's um, easier to get, you know, it's easier to get through. It doesn't have, I mean, the, the, you see the same shot of, and the syndicated version of a, of a cat quite a lot. <laughs> to be fair, it's the same shot, which is really odd. It doesn't really have any fit, sense, it just, just fills. Also, the denouncement at the end seems incredibly tagged on, and that is because it obviously was tagged on. I mean, the joke at the end of, of uh, you know, it feels like a natural conclusion when um, Slim Pickens basically kind of nods in agreement that they should keep the sale going for another day. That's kind of, it's very much that kind of Jack Laird trope of, um, you know, um, you kind of like nod in agreement yourself, like, because you click about what they're really talking about. Um... The uh, interesting idea and an unusual element, Tom Wright does his only self-portrait for the painting. That's of himself as the uh, the casket salesman in the painting as well. I mean, there's not a lot of facts on this. It's, there's not a lot really to go on. It was based on a short story, uh, Year-End Clearance, and normally I'd say it was from a book at this stage, but in actual fact it wasn't on this occasion. It was from Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine, January 1968 edition. And uh, the most interesting element of this, I think, is if you, if, you can, if you go online, you can find the cover of it, which features a rather fl the floating head of Hitch surrounded by a, a holly wreath, which is uh, bizarre, to say the least, I think it's fair to say. But if you, if you were so minded, you could pick that up at the moment. It's somebody selling it online for $8. Um... So, yes, I think it's fair to say that, you know, at this stage, we're talking about... This is probably... You know, there's one more to call after this. The room for one less. Uh, of, you know, would, would Die Now Pay Later have fitted into the series? Well, probably. It's not too bad. It's not the best written thing in the world. but And it's not as good as some of Laird's other efforts that cover similar topics. But at the same time, it's considerably better than, say... Uh, how to cure a, co uh, a common vampire and stuff like that. Those kind of little jokey ones, which are really quite poor indeed, and feel very much. Will this do? Walk. I'm sure you've got a hundred and one good excuses, Walk. But what I'm trying to tell you is that this sale of yours has got to come to an end. Toronto. Why, if it don't, half the people in this town's going to wind up dead. Right. You can get hold of me at Chris at the twilightzonenetwork.com, that's my email address. You can get hold of my, pers my private, uh, personal, I should say, uh, Twitter, it's at orange underscore monkey. Or you can go to our website, www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, hopefully, the Christmas special will be up. And uh, you can take a little quick look at that. If not, if we, you know, it, it should be up soon. That's uh, myself and Tom and a guy called Luke. And uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, the Twilight Zone movie, uh, we're filming this week, 
So uh, that hopefully that'll be up and that'll be great. So uh, yeah, the, our website will also has links to our Facebook and our Twitter. So if you uh, yeah if you want to get hold of me, please do. Uh, next week is room for one less, which is our last story. So until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.